Hey there, hi there, ho there, pubcast and all. Welcome to another episode of Drinking with Eddie. Tonight we're joined by a special guest, me. Hey, Eddie, we're talking apples and pears, the future of MetaGeek and 5G technology, which I could give a crap about. We're joined by Ryan Dodds, Christian Roberts, Dan Ryan, and the man with the two-minute battery life, Mr. Alan Blake, Blake, right? Is that right? Blake. 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 Oh, Blake. <laughs> Blake. I like that. I don't think it was fun. Was that French for Bobak? <laughs> <laughs> so, did he master the intro? Or did we need to do it again? I think that was good. Should we just run that? That was good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Cool, man. So they call him One Take Eddie. <laughs> well, that was two takes, so. Shh. We were going to cut that in post, Eddie. Come on. <laughs> More editing. But you missed off the your, your intro. It was like, welcome to the Wireless Podcast with Eddie. And I'm Eddie. You didn't say it. Yeah, you did. No, you because the next line was, tonight we're joined by our special guest, me. That's like, I'm Eddie, and we're joined by Eddie. Tonight, what? our special guest, Eddie. Uh? <laughs> we, we need we need to labour the point though, because the most interesting thing about this podcast is when we've got guests and when those guests are talking. When it's when it's us <laughs> four, it's just background noise. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <coughs> Ryan, good of you to join us. What do you mean good of us? You're the one that's not turned up for like five weeks in a row. <laughs> I didn't realise we served food in here when you pub that. Uh, it's edible. That's why Dan hasn't served it. <laughs> Dan's just preparing for the new um, COVID rules. You've got to serve a meal with your alcohol, haven't you? Yeah, if you want to, because... if you want any decent amount of alcohol, you've got to have a substantial meal. So, yeah, and that's that's a difference between getting coronavirus and not getting it. Because if you're eating a meal, it just turns around and goes somewhere else. <laughs> that's right. That's what I've, that's all the scientists have said. So, and, and if it's after 10 p.m., it knows the time. So. It knows. Hang on, you've gone. No, no, now. it's You're changed safe. its mind now. You can. Oh, what? You can at eleven. You, it's just last orders at ten. Oh my god! Yeah, I think it gets confused with the um, British summer time and GMT. Yeah, that's, so that's what it we're is. an hour. We're back in normal time now, so it can last another hour. I've just. But Dan, it, can you it, cook a steak like that? That's too cooked for me, mate. Mm, just right, man. I like mine. I, want, I like mine rare. I Ooh, like mine man. blue. Ooh. Blue. I like. I like. Yeah, mine, yeah. I like mine with enough blood that the, a good vet can bring it back to life, as they say. Yeah, exactly. Have you, yeah. Have you tried to take out on your new grill yet? I. The only thing I've done on my new grill is uh, we had bangers and mash, and I, uh, I got some sausages from the local butcher, and I did the I did the bangers on the on the barbecue, and it was lovely. Don't forget, Dan. You're not allowed to talk about your new grill. You signed a confidentiality agreement and an NDA. Yeah, I haven't said yeah. anything about the make model. <laughs> like I just have a new grill and it could be any make or model, but it is lovely. I'm just I'm waiting for said company to send me some meat probes. Well, what I 
what I like about that is that you know the 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 ability to get said grill came out before summer, and <laughs> they've waited until the end of November to send it out, and it's centered around being British. So the amount of barbecues you can do in summer is like probably three in yeah. a good summer. <laughs> exactly. But we are and, we are in quite a warm November, so they want me they want me to cook on it twice a week. I've got to do steak and chicken this week. <laughs> it's like it's pouring with rain outside. How am I supposed to go out there and barbecue? You're mental. Build a canopy. Yeah, well, I'm, go- I'm going to have to stick up a gazebo or something, I think, to get in there. Anyway. Just, just have an umbrella. Anyway, Eddie, welcome. Yeah. Welcome Thanks. to the pub. Hey, Eddie. How are you? Good to be here. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, just... Are you streaming live from the M1? I am, absolutely. And the way you know that is you hear silence. Mm. Unlike my machine here, where it is literally blowing a gale out of my laptop. And I definitely want to say that the only thing I'm interested in talking about this entire podcast is the M1. That's all I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about anything else. That's fine by me. It's one of the worst roads in Britain. (laughs) (laughs) it drives right through yorkshire i mean it it can't get no that that's not the problem it's where it ends up and that's down south (laughs) we call it the great north road but it's only the great north road if you're driving north otherwise it's a that's why it's called the great north road because anyone who means anything (laughs) is always driving north isn't it the longest motorway in britain isn't it the longest motorway in britain yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's like 13, 14 miles, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's about 10 minutes, 10 minutes north of London, isn't it? That's yeah. the roadworks, Eddie, you're talking about. <laughs> 13, 14 miles. But we ain't talking so, about that one. Alan, what are you drinking this evening? So, as always, I have an assortment. And, uh, an assortment? An assortment. But I've actually chosen a special one tonight. And it is a, I don't know if you can see, but it is a breakfast club. 2.0 it's cool oh, it looks nice. like some kind of starbucks uh <laughs> flavored so drink so it's made by the uh, vocation brewery which is the kind of nice ones that me and christian like which is the old uh life and death um what's it divide and conquer those those beers are the really nice pale ales but this one is a waffle and blueberry breakfast out that sounds rancid it is, it is. And and to back me up, just in case it is rancid, I've got a good old fashioned Stara Praman Prague Lager, Star. which reminds me of the good old WRPC days. <laughs> That's a great beer, Star. Yeah. Love it. Christian, let me let me take a guess at what you might be drinking. Go on. I, well, I'm now obviously going to say rum and coke, but it's not going to be. <laughs> it is. It is rum and coke. So I've got the yeah. usual. Uh, I've got the usual <laughs> jug, um, which it's refillable. But unless my wife will bring me one when I'm for that. But I, I went. I went out today because I, I cleared an hour in my schedule because I found a, a gun center near me, which which sells funny named beers. Uh, one called Willie's, for example, which I thought were brilliant. And anyway, we drove. We drove there today. Got out of the car. And they've restricted the amount of people who are allowed in. So there's about an hour's wait before we could get in. So I thought, sod that. Went to the co-op and um, I just bought a bottle of uh, Dissolution IPA. So that's Kirkstall Brewery near me. Um, 
I haven't tasted it yet. And then this one reminded me of Ryan a little bit because I know he likes um, crossing these, but this is called Three Swords. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, Kirkstone Brewery as well. <laughs> uh, brilliant. He's like literally him. stuffing his steak in his face so that he can come back at you. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got nothing to say. Take my while to chew that. Love it. Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> what what time what time is what time is it where you are in the pub? Uh it's only like uh 1:30. Yeah, right. 130. So what what are you drinking? <laughs> Ooh, it's the middle of the day, so I'm drinking H2O. Nice. High I'm quality a, I'm H2O. I'm much a teetotaler. I don't uh I don't really drink. So uh, I hate beer particularly. What? I just it's disgusting. I hate oh. it. I hate it. Absolutely. All right. All right. Even even ale, because I I understand not liking lager. I hate I hate it all. the The only thing, the only uh, well, it's not beer, but I was gonna say cider. Well, That's Alan what... knows. Whenever we've gone to pubs, I just order cider because I can't, I can't stand yeah. beer. Here's the because you like you like apple. <laughs> Eddie, you need to you need to come to the you need to come to the southwest of England because I am in Somerset. And that is where you get the greatest cider. Well, uh, we'll have to do that next next time. Uh, Americans are are allowed to leave the country, or I sh- <laughs> rather, I should say, are allowed to enter other countries. <laughs> I'll, I'll come over there and I'll and I'll do that. But yeah, I'm just I'm not a beer drinker. I'm not, I'm not a drinker in in general. But uh, I've seen you drink so. a whiskey. I, I did drink a whiskey. You did see that me drink a whiskey, and what did it look like when I drank that whiskey? <laughs> hilarious, basically. Yeah. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was one of the funniest moments <laughs> I've ever watched. Yeah, actually, it was uh, when the whiskey and wireless was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. I'm enjoying it. But uh, yeah, so I'm drinking. Uh, I'm drinking water, which is what I normally drink. Uh, I I was I did have a plan, but I got stuck on this on this call, the Zoom meeting this entire morning. And uh, my plan was to to go get a nice ice cold bottle of uh, peach Snapple, but I never made it to the store. Snapple, I love Snapple. Is that Schnapple? like Schnapps, or is that not the same? Thing? <laughs> it's just iced tea. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's like Schnapps in the abbreviation of Schnapple. Nope, nope. <laughs> I am being educated on this show. Hey Dan, yeah. You know what I wash my steak down with? What, mate? A glass of Shatty House Nerf to pop. Did you? Did you actually have a shot enough to pat? Absolutely not. Ah. <laughs> that's what. That's what I've got, mate. It's a beauty. We can't, we can't see it. We oh, can't. Oh, it's on a bottle of bud. It is. Cool fashion bottle of bud. It's probably the worst. It's probably it, the yeah. worst, no, worst thing to come out of America. To be honest with you, Budweiser or Bud Light. Budweiser. No Bud Light. Yeah, actually, Bud, that's Bud the Light's a bit thing. shitty. Like to be honest. Anything light in America <laughs> is a bit shitty. <laughs> It's just, it's just. You might as well just give it to people to wash their hands with. It's what it's only good for. It's a session. It's a session beer, isn't it? It's it's one where you can literally drink it all day. That's, well, you think there's the some, some guy in a pub, Al? He's uh, got a range of uh, expensive colognes from around the world and bottles of Bud Light, and he gets you to wash his hand, wash your hands in Bud Light. <laughs> well, I'll spray no Freshen up. That's what they say, don't they? In there, 
freshen up. No, I'm, no, I'm Annie, no punani. That's what they used to say. Freshen up for the punani is what they used to say when I started working <laughs> nightclub many years ago. Honestly, wow. That's what they used to say. I mean, that was back in the day. Back when you could go into pubs and clubs. Oh, that was I remember. Remember days. when you could go outside. <laughs> those, those are the days. <laughs> so right. let's talk about anything else other than um, M1 and Rhodes. No, no, no. That's Come enough on. of that. Now it is time for, hey, Eddie, tell me about the M1. It's cool. Which, which, which model, <laughs> which maker model have you got? I got the tippy top in the line. So I got the Mac Pro with the 16 gigs. Uh, Well, not tippy top. I just got the one terabyte drive instead of the four terabyte. But um, that's literally what I've ordered. But mine isn't coming till like the 22nd of December. Well, I was, (laughs) I was just, I wasn't planning on buying it actually. It was like, cause um, I was expecting it to not ship for a couple of weeks. I was like, eh, I'm just, I'm just going to wait. And then uh, when I went into the app just to kind of configure it, see what it would cost. And it said it was available in the store, in a store up in Denver. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I, I bought it and I drove up and got it. Yeah. We're not, we can't, we can't do store pickups here in the UK. It's, you've got to wait for delivery. So that's, I think that's why oh, we're really? so far behind. Yeah. 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 Everything. I mean, you can't really go into the store. It's like you wait, you have to set it, you have to pick a specific time and then you show up and then they let you in and the whole store shut down. They build like a new front edge area where they just give you your stuff. So oh, okay. um, yeah, you can't really go to the store and buy when you have to order it online and then show up there at your pre prescribed time and pick it yes. up. Um, but isn't that a bit of a um, problem though, Eddie? What's that? Isn't that a bit of a problem? What, which, what's a problem? Well, on a certain day when everyone knows that all of the new MacBook Pros are coming out yeah, and they know that everyone's going to go and collect them <coughs> at a certain time, mm-hmm. is it not like groups of individuals ready just to mug you for your MacBook <laughs> waiting outside? So though you've well, gone I, in... I, I guess so, you're coming but they out can do you're that anytime. The I mean, they, they can do that anytime, I guess. They could just come to your know. house and rob you. Follow you home and then, they could just follow you home and then rob you when yeah, you get that's home. That's true. That's true. I mean, no one's watching then, are they? There's a, there's oh, a lorry in England. I made sure that I was, I was not walking a straight line. You know, I was zigzagging to make sure if anybody <laughs> was following me, they'd lose me. So. Did, did you, think, did you read about that? Did you read about that lorry that got robbed on one of the motorways? Probably the, the M6, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it had like what? 60 million. Somebody actually account. got on board and robbed them? A, they, an entire they truck. Took, <laughs> they took all the Apple stock off the, off wow. the, I think it was like, yeah, was it 6 million or 16 million pounds worth of it was kit something or something? Like that was ridiculous. Wow, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, like a proper, a proper heist. And then they, they swapped the truck like four or five times. Do you know who's responsible for that? Ryan. Al-Qaeda? Bin Diesel. <laughs> that's what it was it was a it was a hot it was just a stunt that's what it was you know for a movie it. it's crazy though that something like that actually happened like yeah that is crazy you don't, you don't expect that to actually but if you think about it that's the, that's the place you would rob because it's going to be the the one that's the least guarded totally. and the weakest yeah opportunity is there you know well, don't wait i guess it's just finding out just yeah find out biggest thing's got to be finding out where yeah. that where that truck's coming from 
But lor- lorries get robbed all the time. That's where Ryan gets most of his furniture from. Back of the lorry. <laughs> Absolutely. Some bloke in a Yorkshire accent and a flat cap sells me it. Do you want to buy a new MacBook anyway? Right. <laughs> going cheap. Am I right in assuming that the MacBooks, <laughs> the new MacBooks are only 13 inch? They're not, they haven't got the big ones out yet. Yeah, they, ha- they don't have the big ones yet. Um, my guess is just the first generation of the chip. So they're probably going to be, um, you know, putting probably the, the bigger ones are going to, and the Mac Pro and the Mac and the, the, um, Mac the stand the- Macs um, are going to have the, a newer chip that's going to be faster and more high performance. So, but I honestly, I mean, this thing is crazy how I'm just shocked by how fast it is. I mean, it just, I mean, I've been, I don't have anything to compare it to other than my 16 inch um, MacBook pro that I've had for a year, but everyone like on the YouTube, I've been watching the reviews and people have been comparing it against the Mac pro on how it performs. And it's like yeah. right up there with the Mac Pro. I'm like, how is that possible? And I mean, I've had it, I've had it here for, you know, since Thursday, I believe is when I picked it up. And it's just crazy. I mean, this the 16 inch would the fans would kick on anytime I would put, I mean, if I opened up Echo How, forget it. Boom, the fans are going off. Um, and then doing Zoom and Echo How, having logic running, having, you know, other apps and stuff running at the same time and nothing. And it's cool to the touch and it's just crazy. And the battery, I just plugged it in right before the uh the the pubcast. And uh I ha- I have not had it plugged in since yesterday at 5 p.m. I started using it at 5 p.m. I've been working. I was working on it till like 10:30, and then I got up this morning and I was like, I'm not going to plug in. And then I got on the Zoom call at 8:30, and I was on till just right before I got to you guys. All I like it has to be what 10 hours, and it That's was crazy. down at 12% when I finally plugged it in for the podcast. Because the gag, like, gag think... now, Alan. What's that? I said, Alan, do you get the gag now? Two minute battery life. Yeah. Mm. I think it's funny. <laughs> See, what I, I was I was gonna say I was gonna say who is known around his neighborhood as the two minute man, but I decided not That's to good. not to do that. That's Missy Elliot, isn't it? <laughs> one minute I, I man. Think, I think the thing the thing for me with the with the M1 is like I was expecting it either to have awesome battery life and not be as quick, mm-hmm. or be really quick and keep the same battery life. But the fact that they were able to do both is like, that, that's mental. So does no, that mean it, we're going to expect really, big things for the, the bigger one? I, I honestly, I don't know. I mean, obviously they can do better clearly, but um, it's their chipset and they've been, you know, they bought their own cheap manufacturer several years ago and that's what they've been doing in all the ios devices but so i i I have no doubt the next one's going to be crazy but this just this 13 inch this 13 inch macbook pro i honestly when they said faster than 98 percent of the laptops that are out there i'm like yeah there's that's not hyperbole it has to be true there's never been a laptop that i've had that is this i mean i have never seen and you know, people who use Macs, you know, you see the beach ball all the time. You open up apps, you you open up a video or 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 Eka How, you know, because we're Wi-Fi guys and open up a project. And that beach ball's going and going and going. You got to wait for it. 
I have yet to see a beach ball since I've had this thing. It just, it will not come on. And I've only heard the fan one time. And that was right after I did the update, the initial update. I have not heard it. And I've been using it for everything. I was doing last night, I was doing Final Cut Pro while I had a video uh, uh, music running in the background. And I mean, it was just crazy. And I was just sitting on my couch back there on battery. I, I wouldn't plug it in. It was just, the battery was like, every time I look, it was like, it was never moving. I couldn't believe yeah. how long it was lasting and everything was fast. But there are a bunch of caveats with anything from Apple, right? There's always caveats. So, so yeah. expensive. They, um, no, I don't think that's a caveat at all. I mean, the price is, is excellent. Uh, for it's, it's for reduced what, as well, isn't it? What's that? The price. The price is reduced, hasn't it? The, uh, Mac the price Minis, example, is the cheaper. price overall because they're still selling Intel Macs because they do have them in the pipeline, so they still sell them. It's about two hundred dollars less for the M1 Macs than the comparable um, Intel Mac. Well, they make their own chips, so you know their cost is going to be a lot less than buying it from Intel. So that there's some cost savings there, um, but the 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 caveats, and I've been putting this on Twitter, are the, the first caveat that I ran into was hypervisors. So I use Parallels yeah. to run Windows so I can use apps that are not available for me on the Mac natively like OmniPeak for multi-channel packet captures and just other cool stuff that it does. MetaGeek IPA, uh, I really like that. Also useful for doing multi-packet captures on Windows, which is pretty hard to do on Windows. Uh, WinFi, which is the best Wi-Fi scanner for Windows by far. I mean, that's just a great, great Wi-Fi scanner for Windows. And um, so the truth is, well, when I when I install Parallels, Parallels installs fine. It's Windows that won't work because yeah. it won't work on the ARM architecture. So Parallels has a technical preview that I signed up for, a beta program for a version that will supposedly run. So I guess it's going to emulate the ARM architecture for Windows. I mean, I'm sorry, Intel architecture for Windows to run. So for me, number one, I have another machine that I can just have my des my dedicated Windows machine, and I'll just leave it on. And I can just remote to it. The, the For me, it's not a big deal. But because I can do pretty much everything I need to on the Mac natively. So uh, while I love those apps, I don't need those apps. But for other people, that can 100% be a deal breaker. Yeah. Um, the other thing that is a problem, and you know, as I started tweeting and people started responding, other things started to find out, things like, like uh, Homebrew, Docker, are also having issues uh, running on the new architecture. Um, Oh, a big one that I didn't know because I don't have multiple monitors. You can't do more than one external monitor on the on the new Max. You what? can on the Mini because it has an HDMI port, so you can do one via HDMI and one via Thunderbolt. But right now, the Thunderbolt architecture on the M1s don't support two external yeah. or more than one external monitor. I think that's probably where we start seeing the the iPad world um, move yeah. on to iOS because even the wireless chipset now it's this, it looks like it's the same chipset as used on uh, the iPads and the iPhones. It's just a two v two. It's AX now, which is good, obviously. But yeah, I, I imagine that when they move to the additional Pro lines and the bigger Macs, then you'll start seeing more support for 
the um you know the, the dual monitors um maybe three spatial streams and that kind of thing yeah i have a feeling that all of the limitations that that are that are available right now is just typical of apple right they, they're going to come out of the gate with something that's like you know different you know new and it's not it's going to be it's going to work but it's going to have severe limitations because well it hasn't been around yet we haven't had time to do anything so i have a feeling that that um eventually probably within by the beginning of next year we're going to start i mean already we know parallels is, is going to do that intel emulation so you can run windows and docker and homebrew i know docker says they're working on getting it working so i think it's just technical limitations because nobody's had an m1 to work with so yeah. i think once those things are resolved and you know i think it, it'll be better but i will say if if you're thinking about buying one right now for me it's I, I have no problem. I don't need more than two. I don't use Docker or any of those things. I don't really need the, par the my hypervisor. So it's not a big deal for me, but for some people it's 100% a deal breaker, right? If you got a setup with like three monitors, that's not going to work for you. So it, it, so it, it does depend on what you need. Oh, wait, there's, there's one big, big issue. And this is a big one for me. Um, I've, and I've realized it right away was, um, uh, packet captures, um, they, they're not coming out right on uh, on the Mac. So when you do a packet capture on the new Mini, on the new M1, the frame the frames are malformed. And so one of the things I realized is, uh, and I put it up on on Twitter. I took a snapshot. I did. I opened it up in Wireshark, and I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? Because I saw a bunch of data frames that were going at the minimum data rate, right, six megs and. 12 megs and things like that. I was like, what's going on here? Cause I did a, pa a, um, a speed bad test. Wi -Fi. That's what's going and on. So, bad Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad Wi-Fi. Basically when I, when I, it was corrupting the frames as they were being captured, I used air tool. I used the native sniffer built in and all, and the cat, every time I open it up, it's, it doesn't know what the frames are. So it just kind of randomly picks and the information's right. not right. And so I use my sidekick and it's perfect. So it is, I don't know if it's the M1 specifically or if it's the AX chipset. I have no idea yet what, what's going on, but right now the, the packet captures are coming up malformed when I open them up in another application. But you can put it in monitor mode, which is something that we didn't expect or something that- Yeah, you can't put so, it in so monitor mode. So they didn't, yeah, we didn't lose that. So that's a good thing, but Right now, it's kind of limited use because it doesn't really work, uh, you know, that, <laughs> that well. So hopefully that that'll be fixed as well. We've had similar issues between macOS versions anyway, haven't we? So I think it's probably just how the software is interpreting the drivers or something. Adrian's an intelligent guy; will be able to get it working probably. Yeah, hopefully. I know he's already put in the a bug uh, a bug. Um, not right, not a bug request, <laughs> but he's put in. Uh, he's he's already told them that's what he's found, and they're trying to trying to work that out. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, again, not a deal breaker. It is kind of it does kind of suck that I can't just do a packet capture anytime I want. I have to use my sidekick, but you know, it is it is what it is at the moment. So, um, I don't know. I'm I'm going to stick with mine. We'll see. We'll see what happens. You mentioned about the monitors, and it was something to do with the Thunderbolt um, architecture. Yeah, because the Thunderbolt architecture, I think, is part of the CPU. So I think, it may, so I'm assuming it has something to do with the M1 graphics. You know, it'll be yeah. Engine. So it'll it'll be um, obviously 
the M1 has come from the iPad Pro, right? It's, it's, it's an evolution of that. Now, the iPad only ever has to... Ha- only ever has to deal with two displays the display built in and and an external display because you can plug in a 5k display to an ipad pro and it will work fine so it just means that you're not gonna that's gonna have to be a new model which fixes that that isn't going to be a a software update is it no 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 yeah yeah but what i would say is every 13 inch macbook pro has only been able to do one external monitor it's not. It's not. It's only the the bigger Mac Pros, MacBook Pros, that have been able to do two external no. monitors anyway. I've got a thirteen inch MacBook Pro, and I'm doing two screens now. But not not at yeah. So you can sorry. So it's to do with the bandwidth. So you can do you can do two at uh, is it two K on a thirteen or one at six K. Okay. Yeah, because I, I I messaged you the other week, didn't I? Because I had issues with a, a USB C. Yeah, yeah dock where i couldn't get two screens working off it and i just had to get another one yeah so um there's like a there there was a really good technical reader um really good technical write-up of why so normally you have effectively software that can switch between different outputs and that's how the old macbooks work and, and and all that kind of stuff the ipad effectively has fixed two channels one to the internal display one to one of the one of the ports but it's only got one part hasn't it so it doesn't need any more exactly yeah exactly yeah. and so and so it's it's just apple playing safe with this first chipset they don't want to overcomplicate something you know over promise and under deliver so what they want to do is under promise and over deliver and say right yeah okay this is our this is our 13 it can do the same thing that our 13 did before in the sense of the amount of pixels it can push out through that external display but but it is limited effectively by the architecture of us lifting out, you know, an iPad Pro chip and making and, it work in a Mac. Like you said, it's it's not like on it's not unlike Apple, you know, with the first iPhone, yeah. they didn't spot three G and they got criticized for that, even copy and paste. But you, you know what'll happen yeah. when they bring the next pros out, they'll revolutionize dual screens and it'll be and, the, the best dual screen experience since sliced bread, won't it? And they and they would have they would have looked at, hey, who buys a MacBook Air? and a 13-inch MacBook Pro, out of all of our customer base, you know, how many people are using more than one external display? Half a percent that are buying those those devices. So they would have gone, not a big problem. The first one will, will deliver. It can do one external display. It can do up to 6K as an external. So you could get a big-ass display, you know, that was the same size as two displays. Um, and it will drive that absolutely fine. It's yeah, but just, it can't yeah. do a 12K display. Lame. <sighs> <laughs> I, th- I think the biggest uh, drawback for me, and and I, I, I said earlier on Twitter that I, I, I'm going to look at the second generation, and that was always my plan. But when I watched the announcement, I was really tempted to get a, a, a Mac Mini, and I, I've decided not to. But it's only got two USB. It's got two USB-C ports on the Mac Pro. That's the the bit that put me off the most yeah everybody using, i think I'm everybody's gonna right have now. their own their own kind of line in the sand that's like i this is my workflow because for me again yeah. i i saw that too that it only had two and i was like and i at first i was like what and then i realized oh yeah i don't think i've ever used more than two at a time because i typically have a, I when i'm at home like now i have a usb hub that 
everything's connected to, right? My camera, my mics, my everything's yeah. connected to that one cable, right? The only time I ever add a second cable here is like when I'm not here and I usually have a little USB dongle and a uh, USB-C dongle that has other ports on it. So I'm only using two ports anyway. I don't, I can't think of a time I've ever used more than two ports. I was yeah. like, eh. I guess I it's, don't need it, but some people it, do. I mean, again, there's always going to be a deal breaker for people. It's because I'm cheap and I don't want to buy a, a decent hub for a lot of money. So I buy three <laughs> really cheap, crappy ones and string them all together. And it does the there job. There you go. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Own it. Own it, Christian. That's what I like about it. <laughs> just, I'm just cheap. Well, the, I just to be honest with you, <laughs> the, the annoying thing is I buy so much cheap stuff that none of it works. I end up uh, probably in the long run spending more money than just buying the proper thing to start off with. But That's it. Whatever. <laughs> so, okay. So one of the one of the things that I was interested in finding out from you, Eddie, was how the Rosetta 2 oh, works. How, I, how that... Uh, it's fantastic. I mean, there's literally, I didn't even think about it. I, you know, until you mentioned it, I wasn't even going to mention it because I forgot about it. It just works. There's no app. I should rephrase that. There are a few niche apps. Like a, there's like an audio app that I use called SoundSource that I really like. It's not ready for the M1, so it's not running. But, and I have, I, I'm, I'm assuming because it's, it's an audio specific audio app and it has special hooks into the, into yeah. the audio um, APIs or interface that, on the Mac is, that it's, it needs to kind of figure that out. But other than that, every single other app that I have works flawlessly and if not better than how it ran on, on my 16 inch. Is, um, that, is that a big Sur issue or is that an M1 issue? Like does it does That's it work an M1 on big issue Sur? because I have right, Big okay. Sur on my 16 inch and everything runs fine on there. So right. it's not a Big Sur issue. It's an M1 issue, yeah. but it's so small. I mean, I don't know what the actual percentage is, but I mean, what 90, 95% of all apps work fine. That's the yeah. only app that did not work for me um, was SoundSource. Other than that, everything else is working totally fine. Not no problem. Rosetta is fantastic. Got- You've got a top spec, mid spec 16? I got the top spec 16 with the second tier or third tier storage. So I got the one okay. terabyte storage. And, so, and you would say that the M1 Mac that cost what, half what your 16 cost? Yeah, half. Yeah, about half uh, the, of one and, of my 16. And you'd say they're on a par or the 16 no, slightly better no. or the, the m1 beats it by a mile wow really um, so i have an i core a not i9 32 gigs of ram with the terabyte drive on my 16 inch and uh this thing beats and, it i mean it's not even and close. a discrete graphics card i guess and it well. has a discrete graphics which the m1 does not it has a built-in graphics and That's it's crazy. insane it's just it's not even close it's not even close it outperforms it on everything. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I don't know how anybody's going to compete because unless they're going to make their own chips and then they have to get the technology to make it work because, you know, they have everything on the one chip, right? It's, it's a SOC. So everything is on the chip and including the RAM that, you know, that's a big thing that people are complaining about, which, what they've complained about for years that, you know, Apple yeah. makes everything hard to upgrade. And that's true. That's not, that's not unusual to hear. But in this case, there's no way to upgrade the RAM because it's built into the CPU. So you get what you get. 
<laughs> so I was like, man, I, I have 32. I would like to get 32, but I don't need 32. I mean, with 16, it's like I haven't even come close to meeting this, the specs of what this thing can do. I mean, it's just unbelievable how how efficient yeah. this. Ed, Eddie, we've got a we've got a bet on with Ryan. You just reminded me about it. That Ryan thinks that was it x64 you said ryan is is much better than <laughs> arm and it's going to always be better than arm and arm will never overtake it arm and we will disagreed. never be in the enterprise that yeah that is yeah not we what i said that is not what i said <laughs> the beaten the beaten that's a i did it recorded it was in a podcast <laughs> i never said it was better never ever once did i say it was better what i said was it's going to be a while since we see till we see it in enterprise if we see it at all um in terms of sort of t- tin, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I know obviously Google and everyone are starting to use the ARM chips, but I mean, I mean, Jan, um, Jan, <laughs> me and Dan chatted this morning. Um, Damn it. <laughs> about, well, uh-huh. Windows, have used, Windows have used ARM for a few years. They have Windows on ARM for their, their lower powered devices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I point out, Dan, that whilst Apple manufacture their own chips and they have their own app ecosystem where they, the, the apps are specifically designed to use those, I don't see in a way how that can be leveraged in the Windows world because no. it, you've got the Apple and the Android situation. You've got Android with all these flavors of... Uh, manufacturers, you've got Samsung, Huawei, you've got fucking every man these dog makes them, right? Um, and it's the same with Windows, right? So you're going to have apps and it's going to say, oh, well, these apps only work with the Samsung uh, ARM processor. But Windows have got universal apps already. They've had them yeah. for, for years. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the apps won't be optimized to work fully. No, no I agree. And that's only been a benefit bigger, of um, Apple. Yeah. Yeah. There's not many no, Microsoft out there. Make their no, own there's no doubt options. about it. 100%. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, Apple, the difference is that Apple owns the entire thing, the software and the hardware. So everything is married together. I mean, that's the only way they're able to do this, right? And uh, I mean, you know, that's, that's not a knock against them. That's just a fact. The problem is the Windows ecosystem Unless, unless Microsoft decides they're going to buy a chip manufacturer and since they make their Surface, they're going to do the same thing, then nobody else is going to be able to take advantage of that stuff. That, that, that I can see. That I can see them. Yeah, that could happen. The, the, the Surface is crap. Uh, you, you yeah, I agree. I agree. Apple, on, not, uh, Apple Microsoft on the hardware and the software, and they still can't get it to work. I, I, yeah, I think it, it is bad, let's be honest. But what... Cross-platform development is, is going to go out of the window. Cross, cross-platform apps is going to be so difficult to do now. But they're doing it with with they're doing it now with Intel and ARM. Well, they are doing it, and Rosetta works unbelievably well. I mean, it really works well. But again, Apple has the advantage; they own everything, right? So they can yeah. they can take advantage of that. So, yeah, um, all I can say is, to me, this is 
I think this is awesome for everybody. I don't care who you are, what type of platform you like, because this is like every time we have a new, you know, somebody makes a leap forward that just pulls everybody else and makes them work that hard, much harder. So I can only see this being better for all windows and any other kind of platform that's out there. Cause everybody's going to have to keep up now and figure out how they're going to do it. That's the good um, thing about competition though, isn't it? Yeah. Someone's going to edge ahead and it's going to bring everyone else on. It can only be a good thing. Um, especially if they can make these chips and um, relatively inexpensive as opposed to the Intel and AMD stuff. Um, the, the cost of hardware is driven down, but then the cost comes down, but the performance goes up. That, yeah. that can only be a good thing. And that's exactly what happened here. The Macs actually got cheaper and now they're better. It's unbelievable. The, the Mac better. Mini yeah. starts at £699 for yeah. eight, 8 gig, 256 gig SSD. Yeah. For the Intel one, so if you want to swap with the Intel, it's £1,099. Yeah, but yeah. what they don't tell you about the Mini up. is that you need to spend another million pounds on all the accessories that goes with it. You mean what, if you've what a screen them. and keyboard? No, yeah. no, I was going to say, not really. I've just looked. <laughs> and I'm, How much are you spending on screens, Alan? <laughs> no, he's got a 12K screen. <laughs> I've got two screens already. I've got a really good keyboard and mouse. Like, that would, if, if I was going to go down that route, that would just plug in and work. Do it, Ryan. Treat yourself. Does that mean they're not they're going to get rid of the big the, the big IMAX then? Do you think? Are they, are no, they, I think what they're going to they do. I think they're just going to have better chips, and it's, the the Mac Pro is going to be even that much more insanely fast. Yeah. Well, do, do you remember? Do you remember the G5 just before they moved to Intel? The G5 Mac Pro, which I've got like there. Um, I'll show you. The G5 Mac Pro, that one. Oh yeah, it was all. There was everyone all modular and, and yeah, apart from us. Yeah, that's right. Um, there was all modular and perfect. Like that's what I'm looking forward to. Is, yeah, is that's what the pro is all really all about. Is the modularity, being able to add your own drives and. <laughs> what the fuck have you done? <laughs> I wasn't going to tell him. <laughs> oh, piss off! <laughs> He's got his he's got his new camera on, hasn't he? Clearly, and it's just not it's not working for him tonight. It's just an old GoPro that I had lying around. Oh right. Um, it still doesn't. There we go. You still so, look awful in high definition. Piss off, Eddie. Do you find <laughs> that the new the new apps are more efficient in terms of RAM? So, for argument's sake, like my my HP Elite book that I've got here is very very good it's an i7 with 16 gig yeah. i had to go to 16 gig especially with ekaha when doing the um yeah. custom reports and things because it would just sit for hours and eventually it would just blue screen it, it was terrible yeah. so i had to go to um 16 gig so for argument's sake, if i was looking at a uh, an 8 gig uh, mac mini would that suffice do you think i think so I mean, literally, uh, and I, I'm a, I have the 16 Mac uh, MacBook Pro, obviously, but I was like, if you just start looking at YouTube at the different reviews, like I saw one guy, and an, it's from the UK, a studio. Uh, he did an entry Logic level MacBook guy. Mini with a thousand plugins in Logic, yeah. doing an orchestra, yeah. a thousand plugins, and he. He never ever peaked. He just kept going and kept going and kept going. I mean, a normal Mac or normal machine would, 
I mean, that's that's beyond crippling what a, a normal device would do. So, have you tried to run two instances of Echo House so that you can compare a actually, yeah, I with have a predictive model. Well, I'll model. tell you what's what's a real what really pushes um, my Mac <laughs> is when I have Echo How and visual, visualizing Specan, right? Like have it running. So when I do a class, I have Zoom with like 12 people. I have my Logic Pro. I have Echo How running in the background. I have my spec and running and I have the visualization going and my whole machine runs to a halt. The fans go on beach ball constantly. So it's kind of frustrating when I'm trying to, trying to teach spec and because they get, we got to wait so long to, to, for, to, and then sometimes that how crashes runs out of memory, stuff like that. I, now I do it. It could be on for hours and my machine is like never slows down. No beach ball. I can run as many apps as I want. I just keep opening apps and, and safari windows and just everything runs no problem so i mean i don't know how they do it i mean that's you know i don't know nothing about no cpus but they're they're doing <laughs> it they figured out how to do it and and echo which is obviously not you know optimized for m1 it runs on java and and all that stuff and still it runs so well i can open up really big projects which used to take forever for them to finally open up and they open up really quick i mean probably within 10 seconds, it'll be all open with all the AP showing visualization and everything. And I can switch between visualizations immediately. So yeah, it's somehow it even Echo is running really, really well. Um, and it's, that's usually that the app that I have memory, a problem with because that, of Java. That, yeah, that unified memory is the, is the big thing because they've been doing that for GPUs for a while, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's is it AMD that have been pushing that for a long time um, yeah, on their GPU. Yeah, 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 yeah. The GPU and it's not. Yeah, where everything is now built in, it's all on the same chip, so it has. You know, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to go all the way around the system and all this. I can just go. It's not wasting time copying stuff. Yeah, yeah, all exactly. the time. Yeah, yeah, because um, that's always been the thing. Like you know, you'll get the 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 specs of mm -hmm. like the top Android phone and it will have double the RAM and it will have, you know, yeah. clock speeds twice as much as the, the iPhone. And then you'll get the iPhone and that, you know, other arm, and that's an arm processor. Yeah. It's just not a specifically designed for the software arm processor and they'll benchmark, and the you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll benchmark the iPhone against the top Android and they'll just be either the same or the iPhone will be slightly better. And it's like, Right. It's, but it's, it's just because of that, the way the architecture has been built in conjunction with the firmware and the software, mm -hmm. you know, so that so that they're not two separate things. Whereas the Android, the Android phones just buy those arm chips off the shelf, whereas Apple, since I think it was the iPhone 5S, have, have always designed their own arm chips. I think that's, right. that's the difference. It's yeah, the difference I think between a hardware company and a software company, isn't it? So has anyone done the real performance test and seen how many tabs you can open in Chrome? Oh yeah, they've done. I mean, again, if you, if you got if you go to, to uh, YouTube and look at, you can see people that have hundreds and hundreds of tabs opened up on Chrome and it's still running They They do comparisons on like exporting from final cut or, or um, whatever Adobe's uh, premiere and stuff like that. And they like a Mac pro, versus the the m1 right and you know 
so in some instances it beats it in other instances it's like right under the the mac pro yeah. but the mac pro is a is a beast right so it's just pretty crazy the things that people have been doing i mean i don't have anything like that to really I'm, i mean i do have chrome so i guess i could just open up 100 tasks <laughs> and see, see what happens but i haven't done that yet i've just been doing what i normally do which normally brings my 16 inch to a to its knees right so and it's just unbelievable it's just i just can't believe it's like barely barely heat you can barely feel any heat or anything from this when you refer to your macbook as your 16 inch the the, the child in me just giggles <laughs> well, as i was saying it i was like oh, alan's gonna say something i know it i know <laughs> alan's gonna say something. we're 16 inch and it brings it to its knees i'm like wow we've <laughs> <laughs> uh, got a podcast title <laughs> we're not we're Wait, not 16? all as vulgar as you are blake <laughs> Blake. 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 <laughs> can we um this is boring this can we get off right, how about Pixie? how about how wi-fi about... explorer pro 3 just yes let's talk about that that's good yeah what is it yeah it's uh it's basically <laughs> wi-fi explorer 2 but it's one better why is it one better because <laughs> it's it's i like three. what you did there uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that, well, I've, not, I've not used it yet i've seen it so so the the um the things that they have is uh, really nice is um some of the stuff is kind of just uh user you know some nice user stuff like he now has the concept of profiles so you can yeah. set up just like in in wireshark you can set up your columns uh, and then you can have the columns the way you want them, depending on what you want to look at. So you can have different types of default profiles that, so how your view is, you can also rename columns now, which is really nice. Cause I generally don't like like big long names. And, uh, so, you know, I like to keep as, have as many columns as I can. So I could just re instead of channel utilization, I can rename that CU for example, and then that way I can have a smaller column. So I like those, those are just like user interface kind of things that I really like that I think are pretty neat. Um, they have, he has now added a, a device or a client, um, where it can actually, uh, find clients on your, on your network. So it'll give you a list of the clients that are connected. So you can start getting an idea of what kind of clients are on there and those kinds of things. Uh, that's, that's pretty nice. Um, he has uh, support for Zigbee, which I think he added before, I'm not sure, with a third party yeah. USB, USB adapter. And then uh, it also does a BLE uh, beacon um, scanning as well. So if I had some BLE beacons, you would see the beacons here as well. Um, we have some uh, channel uh, utilization overhead uh, we can get for each network that we're on. Um, and then the other stuff kind of has been there for, for a while, but it's basically added some nice UI stuff, improvements, some additional customization the, things, the uh, which I really like. I quite like. What's that? The, the compare networks. So if you, oh, if yeah, you can now OP, select, you think, why is that? two know, networks and then you can see what's different between the network so if, for example you have uh you know you have a multiple you know ss you know or the same ssid i'm sorry you have an essid so multiple 
APs broadcasting the same SSID, you can actually select two different SSIDs and say, are they, are they, do we have a misconfiguration between these APs um, or are they the same, right? So, or any, really any network, you can compare them, just select one and select another. And then down here, you get a new window, your detailed options, which used to show you like the, all the IEs becomes that comparison window. And then you can compare, you can go through all the IEs and here it just tells you which ones are not the same and can, which ones are, them, don't you? exist. Bottom left, I think you can tick something to hide everything that's the same. And then yes, hide identical information elements in common versus, uh, so I had that on already, but by yeah, default yeah. you see everything, but some, you know, I don't need to see the ones that are, that are okay. So I hit hide Major identical information elements, and then I just see the ones that are different in some way. Um, so those, there's some really nice, nice stuff that, that Adrian has done. And I, I'm a big supporter of Adrian. So it's like, whenever I can throw money at him, I'm like, you know, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to keep throwing money at him. Cause I, I really, I really think, uh, he does some amazing stuff, and yeah. he's like a craftsman when it comes to his software. It's just How, how's the um, the AI kind of stuff in terms of there was a um, Devon's course teaches you a function that it kind of almost gives you a, a narrative of the problems based on some sort of it's collected all this passive data, and then here's an analysis of the issues it's developed. Has that? Oh yeah, so. Since? Yeah, so that's, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's AI, it's just, or as much as it is just, you know, here, he knows what kinds of things to look for. Um, but Sounds cool uh, if it's AI. over here it, on the first <laughs> tab is the um, uh, issues, issues inspector, that's what he calls it. And so if you click on a network, it'll tell you what issues it perceives. So for example, this one over here, uh, low signal strength, because it's one of my APs that's far away, and it's too many networks because it hears multiple network, um, multiple other networks on the same channel. So it just kind of all I can see is your beautiful face, by the way. Oh, sorry, sorry. I should have switched. I meant to switch over. There we go. Can you see it now? Yeah. yeah. So this yeah, is yeah. this is great podcast material, by the way. Eddie. Yeah, I know it is fantastic. <laughs> right? That's why you got to put it on YouTube. We we should we should stick it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so here you can see as I go through each network, it'll tell me what problems it thinks there there could be on this uh, on this uh, particular you know um, network. You've got a lot of you've got a lot lot of different manufacturers going on there, Eddie. I love it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, right? So it has the vendors, and so we got it. This is all the stuff that it hears, right? So it's we got the Hewlett Packards, which are my Arubas, but then we got some Technicolor, some Aris, Pegatron. So there's all kinds of stuff that's around, uh, but it's fairly low signal strength, as you can see. They're all yeah, like in yeah. the NIC 80s. So it's like stuff from around the neighborhood that it's picking up um, via the NIC. You know, I've started to use that tool more often when doing. Any type of um, assessment or surveying. So Wi-Fi Explorer. Oh, massively, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, you know, it's a you, great tool. You use the survey kit to do an assessment of well, what's my RF, the usual gubbins, right? But right. this pro software gives me so much more information about the network as a whole. That's more um, more geared around realistically where the problems are. Yeah, I'm starting to use it more and more often. I didn't, I didn't used to because it just gives me so more. And I'm actually kind of including that in my reports and I'm kind of mm -hmm. demonstrating some of the, um, you know, reasons why we recommend remediation for X, Y, Z reasons. And in his kind of yeah. circumstance for evidence, because it's just neatly the, the whole, 
visual of all the information that you kind of need. Um, I just wish you'd kind of allowed it to export reports. How about that? Eh? If, you can't, if could... you, oh, you can export. Yeah, you're right. You, I don't think it has a report function, but you can export the file and open it up later. Yeah. But if it could eventually do that, 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 that might actually be a nice feature for version 3.1, for example, that Adrian could create some sort of a bit of way. You should make, uh, make a request. Send it to him on Twitter and make a request for that. That, I, that sounds reasonable. I think that's a, that, that would not be a bad idea. Um, I usually, I use it, um, my main use case is to kind of look at, at kind of a configuration. So basically it's yeah. a quick way to look at the IEs and kind of really delve in there and see if there's anything that may be not configured properly. Whereas Ekahow is, you know, it's a legit survey tool. So you actually, you're plotting where you are and what you saw. Whereas with, with something like Explorer, it's only where you're at. You don't, unless you write it down and say, yeah. this is where I was at. You don't really, you don't really, it's not tied to a map or a location or anything, but, that, yeah. but it's great for getting configuration settings, um, you know, getting an idea of general idea of what's the co-channel interference in these, in this area. Um, you know, happened, but could you imagine the integration between Ekahau and Wi-Fi Explorer Pro. I don't know why they didn't buy Adrian, man. We, we've we've said him. this. We've said this before. But I know, man. This can you imagine? Could, I mean, they, they could have done, but can you imagine the integration? You know, the actual the fact that you've got two phenomenally great tools potentially. Oh, man. It would be amazing, and, and you can just output, you know, the information to yeah. a report after collecting yeah. everything at various different points. Because, you know, the, the Explorer is great because it's you can just take a snapshot of what am I seeing right now? What's the configuration? What am I capturing? And it's great. But imagine if you could do that in a very big area because you're going to walk into different, you know, areas of a building or other, other buildings potentially that might be part of a, a one mm -hmm. big massive survey. It just, for me, it just feels like the next and, step. And for me, I was going to say, just getting Ekahal like a proper Mac OS developer where that's, you know, that's, his only focus is Mac OS. That would just be amazing. Where, when, they go, oh, when they go Mac OS native, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> native Mac OS, yeah. <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what Adrian's greatest tool is? What? His it brain? It isn't the Wi-Fi Explorer Pro. His smile? No. Do you know what it is? He's got, he, he's got it. No, not even that. Wi-Fi signal. I yeah, Wi-Fi wi signal is since, since he's uh, gave us the option where we can actually change that stupid crappy Wi-Fi icon to be more intuitive, tell us the, the SSID. I mean, I've got it on my screen right now on my Mac. The, yeah. the, ch the channel, you can see that the DBM, you can see the whether it's lines. ACN, whatever. You can see whether the channel, how it. wide the channel is, the MCS rates. All that information there is what I think every single chipset manufacturer that does anything wi-fi related like qualcomm and all those athros whoever it is that makes all these chips should literally just ditch the wi-fi icon it's just useless it's had its day yeah. the, <laughs> yeah. it's just not indicative anymore it doesn't help anybody it's like oh how many bars do you have it it's, it's useless at you know any anyone can say oh, well i've got three bars four bars or i've got a weak signal or i've got a strong signal it's pointless everyone yeah. should literally enable wi-fi signal have a wealth of information that's actually meaningful because I love the, the one thing I love the most about this, right? And this is a recent tweet I put out about someone asked a question about um, dual band SSIDs. And I say, don't do it. Don't do dual band SSIDs is, is, is my design tip, right? If anyone wants to listen to me, 
The reason why is because <laughs> no one, no one does. <laughs> <laughs> the Only reason, the, the reason the why is because I've sat. Uh, one of the things I get frustrated with is dual band SSDs, where I can flip between a five gig and a two point four, and think, "What the hell is all of a sudden my Zoom call really bad?" Or, and I've yeah. seen it where in my office I can be on a Zoom call and I could be connected to channel. I don't know. 50 that doesn't count ca- that doesn't four. count alan because you've got ubiquity kit in your office so it doesn't matter but anyone can have a ubiquity <laughs> kit in their office but the point is it would flip to a channel one all of a sudden i'm thinking eh my laptop hasn't really moved and all of a sudden it's flipped but i would never know that with a wi-fi icon that's what i'm that's yeah. the point i'm trying to make i wouldn't know what the hell's happened mm-hmm. but wi-fi signal gives me so much more that can actually be quite useful it's yeah. sort of like maybe if it could log as well, you know, through timestamps for every minute, every, I don't know. Well, it, does. Sort of, it sort of does. I mean, it does do notifications, so it does actually. Um, but you can extract a log file that tells you what your configuration you was at, at various moments and timestamps that you can extract to say, well, what am yeah, I? Yeah, so, so if, you, if you open up, if you, if you click on Wi-Fi signal and you click on the little, on the, go to the preference, um, yeah, pre- no, go to events. If you click on the little events. configuration tool, it says events. And if you click on events, what you get is this pop-up. So you can see join events, roam events, rate change events, channel change events, disconnect events. So you actually do have a log of that information. Alan, yep. I don't want to. I don't want to piss on your bonfire, but you can do that in Windows and get the report out by running an SH command. Uh, you can export a wireless land report, but it. Probably a level deeper because you can see all the OS disconnections and stuff like that, and uh, OS failures like dot one X. Or well, that's probably not. That's yeah, I love NetSH. Really that's, a, that's a fantastic tool. Uh, NetSH is really, really great. The only problem, not the only problem, I, I think it would be great if somebody could build a, a wrapper for it where you can get some the information like you can. Actually, that's not true. Peter McKenzie did build a wrapper. Yeah, it was um, but my fault. The only problem is Windows OS McKenzie? doesn't give you MCS. Never heard of his name before. <laughs> uh, Windows doesn't give you MCS, and MCS is a really good thing to know. Having and having I, the MCS yeah. rate, and that's one of the problems with with the Windows tools is that the the reverse engineer the MCS rate based on yeah. signal strength and yeah. their rates and stuff like that. So I don't but know I've, if Peter's Win- added that to his or not. Yeah. But Windows is getting better because you can at least now see the channel you're on and uh, you know what protocol you're using and stuff like that yeah. quite easily through uh, the wireless information, the connection information. Yeah, it's and NetSH itself gives you great info. It let does. me let me let me just bring that back to MCS is useful to know. Is it though? I want to ask the question. Is it? Because whatever my MCS is. Yeah, it is. is like, I, I already it, told you it is. Why why are we even going there? <laughs> whatever my MCS is right now isn't actually potentially what I've received a data packet out, right? That's that's what an MCS is. MCS is your data rate. That you were connected at, right? So, so if you're connected at, so one of the great things that, one of the cool things that you can do, like with with Wi-Fi signal, is let's say you're at a hotel and you're like, man, my SNR is neg is in, not neg, my SNR is like 40, right? I have fantastic signal, my SNR is really high, and my MCS is really high. I got an M, an eight or a nine, right? Super fast MCS, but I'm only getting like 10 meg throughput. Well that's pretty clear that the Wi-Fi, there's nothing wrong with the Wi-Fi. If you're, if you're yeah. connected at a high MCS and good signal, then it's probably something in the infrastructure half, that's bad, half right? Duplex. 
Yeah. Or if you're connected at a really high signal, really good SNR and your MCS is low, probably something's wrong with the Wi-Fi. Too much congestion congestion, or in your device is constantly trying to, you know, it's, it's going through the rate um, list to try to figure out where can it successfully send data. So it's a good, it's a good metric to kind of understand, am I staying consistent? Am I, am I, am I consistently staying at a high MCS rate or am I flopping all around, right? It goes up, it goes down. That could be an indicator of multipath, right? Cause your MCS starts really high and then it goes low, then it goes in the middle and it goes high and down. It's just jumping all over the place. So it could be a good indicator of certain things. You know, the problem is not the Wi-Fi; it's on the network or we have multipath or we have potential con- congestion. Those are all good indicators. I mean, for me, MCS is a good indicator for all of those things. So my yeah. MCS right now is MCS 8. Okay. Yeah. So I've got good Wi-Fi in my house. Mine's 9. Oh, fuck. It's got to be one better. Anyway. Listen to it. <laughs> That's fine. So, so is, is the MCS rate telling me what I can transmit at or what I can demodulate at? What you can demodulate. It's telling you what, your, what data rate you're connected to the wireless at. Right. So if you're MCSA, I don't know how many spatial streams, you know, you just look at the chart and see, well, and what, what your channel width is and that's what your data rate is. Right. So, I mean, Wi-Fi signal actually tells you all that info. So you don't really need to, you know, figure all that particular individual things down, but um, it tells you you're connected at a specific data rate and it tells you what the MCS is. It tells you what the spatial streams are. So that means your data frames should be going at 860. Well, for me, I'm looking at mine. I'm I'm at MCS 8. I have a megahertz channel, so I'm at connected at 866. So my data frames should be or thereabouts, right? Because it could change. It's per frame, so it could slightly change. Like right now, just sitting here, it's changed. It's gone from 866 to 750 and then back to 866. So, but it's keeping those high data rates. Why don't they just keep the MCS rate kind of up to, I guess, 50 right now. You've got MCS rates for VHT and you've got, you know, yeah. why not just keep going up? Why not? Why do you have to have them put spatial stream? Why not just kind of go, I don't know, MCS rate 57? What do you think you is know? what do you think is easier to know? I'm, I have MCS 3 with two spatial streams and a megahertz or MCS 77. Well, and then, then what the then, heck is 77? But then, but then you still have to understand well, how many, uh, what, what's my channel width and, and how many special streams am I supporting? You still have to yeah. kind of know that even with the MCS number that's being given. It's, it's not definitive. I'm just saying maybe if it was in the 50s, then you know it's so many spatial streams, so many channel width. If it's in the 60s, it's all I'm saying is it's it the, same, been numbered it's better. the same thing. Uh, it could have been numbered better. I mean, the Wi-Fi Alliance know how to do this. We should have we should have asked them to sort that out. I prefer the way they do it instead of going <laughs> up into the 70s. Just start with every spatial stream with new. Oh, I'm going to create. I'm going to create. What do you want? Chart, one bar, two bar, three bars. Four. That- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to create. Why don't we just use? Per- we should use percentages for everything. I'm going to create my own MCS chart. Alan's MCS yeah. chart is going to start from Alan's one, MCS and I'm going to go chart. up. And everyone's going to adopt it and be like, "Yeah, great." But, but the thing is, in in HT, it does. It goes up to thirty-one, doesn't it? <laughs> so what are you asking for? Did, did yeah, really? You'll notice that Wi-Fi signal doesn't have the spatial streams in it. No, it but doesn't. if you alt, if you alt click the Wi-Fi symbol, you can see the spatial streams. I spoke to Adrian about that. And it, there isn't a way to get it out at the moment, but he's trying to find a way to get it out. Um, because when you export 
what the Wi-Fi diagnostics gives you. It does give you the spatial streams, but it, it doesn't in the stream of data that he's able to collect for Wi-Fi signal at the moment. Um, but I, I think that, that knowing the amount of spatial streams would be really, really important to have as part of that Wi-Fi signal, because you're right. If you've then got your MCS and your, and your number of spatial streams that you're connected at, that's really useful to, to see and to know what, what's yeah. happening, what's going on. I think the problem with MCS is it got silly with AX because it, it used to be fairly simple, yeah. didn't it? And, you know, there was a little small table you could look up. And now if you just go to mcsindex.com and you have a look at that table, it's absolutely ridiculous. It takes, takes about three years to load because it's Yeah, it is huge. pretty crazy. <laughs> but, you could yeah. have, but again, you could have started off with a number that started 203. Is, is 203 meaning the two means two spatial streams and MCS index three. There's a way they could have done it better than what it is right now is what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's perfectly fine. A really good, and, and I, all, I mean, if you have MCS five or if you have MCS, if you have MCS five or above, you know, you're at 64 qualm or better, right? MCS five is always going to be 64 qualm, regardless of the spatial streams or the, the channel width or anything. So if you're getting five or above, you're getting good signal and good SNR and you're talking fast. Now, spatial streams can change on the fly, right? You can go from one to two to three. I mean, this is a three uh, stream MacBook Pro, but I'm not getting three streams because I don't have a multipath, right? So that can change so quickly. And it's, I find that just knowing, are you in a higher MCS or a lower MCS is enough is all I need to know. Are you, if you're talking 64 QAM, you have, you know, at least 25 SNR or better, uh, actually about 18 SNR, but you have good SNR to talk that fast, right? Now, then after that, it's like, well, what's my channel width? What's my spatial streams? But at that point, if you know, there's, you can't make your spatial streams. I mean, you can't turn off spatial streams and turn them on. I don't know. Maybe you can on a windows machine. I've never seen anywhere where you can go in the Nick and turn off spatial streams. You have no control over spatial streams. So MCS yeah. is plenty. That's all I really need to know. One, Alan, what you're, what you're thing talking I'd about like, already exists. It's called bits per second. Yeah, what's my data rate? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The scale you want one, is there. MCS is just an easier way. <laughs> one thing I'd like to see in Wi-Fi Explorer is sim similar to the thing that MetaGeek do, where you can say, you, you can create a building, you can create rooms in a building, and then yeah. you can do a scan based on that room. It, it'd be really nice to see um, almost like a Wi-Fi Explorer agent that runs on a Mac. So th this is me coming from a, an Apple background where most of my clients are, are Apple only or, yeah. or most of them have Apple in there. What I'd love to get is almost like a, um, like a seven signal data collection. Client collecting of, the data, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a, a Wi-Fi Explorer client running, agent running in the background on the Mac all the time that then there was an online portal that I could pay a subscription for, um, but that I could see, right, these are all my clients. This is everything that these people are seeing. Yeah. I've, you know, I have gone onto a map and I've said, this BSSID is in this location. So I can, I can then start to map my clients around the building, but also 
collect all, the, all of that data that Wi-Fi Explorer is collecting, open it, ex, ex, you know, see it in Wi-Fi Explorer. All that send, kind of send the request to Adrian. I mean, he's now that he's on his own, man, he's got to come up with products <laughs> and get people paying. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that's a, that's a great way for him to earn a subscription model yeah. as well, you know, on, on that stuff, you know, most of that is, is already built. It's just collecting that data, yeah. organizing that data and displaying that data in, in like yeah. a web-based form or whatever. So. Yeah. Well, I'd I think Adrian is definitely, definitely up for looking at any way that he can grow his company now that he's on his own. So um, I think sending those ideas is going to be going to be excellent for, for doing yeah. that. Oh, I do want to, I do want to um, give a shout out to Adrian for finally charging for Airtool. I've been telling him for years, I said, man, you yeah. got to charge for this thing. This is free, but this, and that's great. But this tool is so awesome. Charge five bucks for it or something. Cause yeah. It's, I mean, it's such a good tool. Yeah. Literally, as soon as he released Airtool and Wi Fi Explorer Pro 3, I was like, yep, yep, get him in. Yes. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So, what do you guys, um, what do what you guys, uh, have you guys heard that Joel went back to MetaGeek? Yeah. That was pretty That's, crazy. I could, yeah, I was totally. like, whoa. It's like full circle all the way back to the beginning. But what I, what I love is that he's now got the <laughs> he's now got the chance to do some product stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm really looking forward to him him getting into some product stuff and and he, what, what is it? Yeah, I really yeah. think now that he's he's there in a role where he actually is going to have some influence, right? Because I think is before he was product more manager like a, of Pro Tools? role, he wasn't in a market in a product yeah, role like yeah. he is now i think he's going to own the product so i think i mean he's i mean man could you think of somebody better to be in that role i, I couldn't yeah, i mean that's totally. just i think I mean, that's going to be great for metageek Meta <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> i couldn't think of anyone worse yeah but you can't, present. you can't present at all the metageek suite of software is by far my favorite tools out there um, yeah, that's good stuff. Obviously, I use Windows primarily. Right. Um, so you, so you're not really like a professional Wi-Fi guy, then, right? No, I'm, I'm like semi-skimmed milk. <laughs> I'm not full fat milk. I'm semi-skimmed. I'm, I'm halfway there. But you're the the Analyzer and IPA, IPA especially is phenomenal. I really like really good. I, I, I like IPA. I, I I'll be totally honest with you. I mean, I've had it for years. I mean, since they first brought it out. So I, I've had it for forever. And um, the the only thing with IPA is I never really saw the for me like the actual. I mean, I don't know. When I do a packet capture, it's like I want really to get into the packet capture. I'm I'm like troubleshooting a specific issue. I never I never opened up. IPA and looked at it to, to like, I have a problem here and let's figure out what's going on. But for me, the biggest, you guys can tell me what you guys use it for though. Cause I would, I would like to know that'd be yeah, great. Yeah. But the, for me, the biggest use case is to be able to do multi-channel packet captures in windows. When they brought that in, I was like, Holy cow, I can just start dropping in NICs and it just sees them and I can put them on different channels and start doing packet captures. That, that was great. I, I that, yeah is just phenomenal Maybe, to be able to do. Um, I find that um, the IPA stuff is when that you're on site, you, you know, you've, you've got issues. You're not too sure what they are um, to, to dive. I mean, I'm not very comfortable with 
why shock i can navigate around it when i know what i'm looking for and i can dive into into frames and things like that but i'm i'm not as a shark foo as you eddie <laughs> and uh okay. so for so for me just doing a quick pack capture and opening up an ipa primarily to, to start with and just say right what's the obvious issue here is there an obvious issue um and and, and nine times out of ten you can say oh actually airtime utilization look at that wow right that right and then you can start to dive into it and say, right, what's, what's causing this airtime utilization? Mm-hmm. And then once you start to build up a picture, then you can build, you can um, move into Wireshark and, and go into that. But that's that's why I, I use it. And to be honest, when you're doing reports, um, you know, yeah. you've got a, an analysis report that's to send it. to a customer and you're trying to explain in the best possible ways how better than pie charts totally. and uh, li- linear graphs to be able to just click and export them, put them into a document. Yeah. They look brilliant. They represent yeah. exactly what you're trying to say. And mm-hmm. it paints, it, it basically tells the story for you. So for yeah. me, job done. The, the, the eye view is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. The, 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 two, the two ways that I use it, yeah, is one for that kind of snapshot reporting thing, because that's a really great visual way for someone non-technical to see, oh yeah, that's taking up. 80% of this pie chart. That makes sense. But the, the other way that I use it, uh, which was really useful for getting me into using Wireshark actually was my air tool is set to automatically open up IPA as soon as air tools finished. And then effectively I do a lot of my filtering in IPA and then I open it up in Wireshark. So if I'm looking for a specific device or something like that, I find it much easier to visually be able to pick out oh you know this ap or this device or this you know whatever filter it down there and then bring it over to wireshark so that i've i can then see everything that's going on within that um and i can kind of get rid of any guff that's on the outside now i know you can can do that that in wireshark i know you can but it that visual side of things of really quick, right, right, click on that BSS ID. I just want to see stuff that's connected to that. Now filter, chuck it into Wireshark. I find that really useful. Yeah, that's a much nicer workflow than putting in filters in Wireshark, for, in, yeah. for sure. I was just going to say, just looping back to the conversation we had with Wi-Fi Explorer and reporting, one of the one of the bits I like a lot about Wi-Fi Explorer is being able to look at the spectrum view. And one of the things Channelizer is really good is the reporting. And, you know, you can run a report and you can click in a report and say, I'm this in this place in the building moving to this floor and and annotate yeah. it and export some really useful information um out of pretty much just it's just a spectrum analyzer tool at the end of their channelizer and it, it it does a really good job of it and i think it's you know it's it's anybody uses windows who needs just a report on spectrum that's probably the tool to go to ecow's good but it doesn't focus on the spectrum bits whereas channelizer yeah. does agreed well it- what, what do you mean by that because the spectrum analyzer in ecow is amazing it is, is it? yeah, but is it? It is. It's it, it's not yeah, as really focused it. as Channelizer. The, the hardware is awesome. What's that? The the hardware on the Sidekick Spectrum Analyzer yeah. is is incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, but I would say there there's definitely limitations. You can't like record a spec an like just a spec an in that, an that's area. My that's that's the key bit. That's yeah. that's that's one yeah. thing that that I hope they they do add the ability to say I'm going to leave this here running to see if we catch the thing and 
as yeah, play yeah. or record and just let it leave the sidekick there, you know, and just let it record by itself without having anything on. You can't, you can't really do that. Um, you have to do a survey so it'll capture the data, yeah, yeah. but, but I think it's fantastic. I mean, you can export it. You can do the book, the survey bookmarks and have all the images yeah. and everything that you have right there, even the interferes and everything. So I, I think it's really good, but you, to your point, channelizer is a spectrum analysis specific application right so it, it it's going to do things that echo can't do because it's not a spec and specific application exactly yeah isn't yeah. this the good place where we're getting to though we discussed before about competition and it makes things yeah. better that we've now got almost like set tools for set jobs there isn't one tool that does everything i don't care what yeah. you see there isn't because everyone has different requirements so now i i've got echo for on-site assessments I've got um, my suite of MetaGeek suite uh, tools to do some troubleshooting and analysis and, 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 and reporting functions and things like that. I use WinFi for quick captures and just taking a quick snapshot. And I use that alongside, um, you know, the, the other products as well. Um, and then, you know, I've got Wireshark when I want to go really deep into things. Now, yes, the... With Echohow and Connect, you can take packet captures with um, the Psychic. It's got some limitations, so I don't use the Psychic packet capture at all. Um, I actually use WLAMPI for my packet captures on Windows. Um, and, and that's another tool. I've got a WLAMPI now that I can, I can get. Mm -hmm. In fact, I used it yesterday. I went to a, a customer site, warehouse. I had some handheld scanners, and it was like, right, okay, well, you know what it's like with handheld scanners. You have no idea. The data sheets don't tell you nothing about what this <laughs> don't yeah. support. So it's like, right, okay, set up Profiler, uh, connected it to it, and it said, right, these are the channels it supports. This is the transmit power. You know, And I was like, brilliant. I've got everything I need. I know what that device is capable of. Now let me see. And do you know what it is? Between that, WinFi and a couple of the MetaGeek products, um, I actually figured out what was going wrong with this network in two hours and that's brilliant because yeah now, i would have done it in 10 minutes well naturally you know, <laughs> no, i'm just you rock I'm up, just, you just rock just, up and you just I'm sense just what's going on you smell it don't you but you can just see a few the hours. Eddie, Eddie just touches his tongue out. Uh, oh, uh, uh, he can just capture the packets that Wait way. Wait a minute. The one that's going on. That's, that's, no, Eddie, that's a Wait, design. you have 18 set as a basic data rate? No, that's not right. <laughs> that's a design technique you've just showed me. Yeah. You lick your finger and go, put it there. You lick your finger and there. you just put it up put to the packets. Put it there. Just read the packets. You do the cowboy design, Eddie. You're a cowboy, Yeah. Sorry, Ryan. Um, no, you, you can fuck off now. I've had enough of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, we'll yeah. be bigging up MetaGeek. We'll be bigging up. Actually, you've been bigging up. Becca, how? Do you know what? I've, I've never, I've said bad things about them. I'm not going to lie. And th there, there are, and do you know what? It would be better if they took the constructive criticism. You know, we're being completely and utterly truthful. We're being blunt about it because they need to listen. But in for certain things, they're not. They're not listening. The software. I mean, for the ability to be able to do a packet capture and run RTFM at the same time, you can't do that. Why not? Why are they two separate apps? Why? Why? You know, for me, 
um, Eckerhau is an assessment tool. It is you go and capture the state of what it is. It's brilliant that it's got the um, the spectrum analyzer built in, so that you can view the data rather than having two separate applications mm -hmm. and taking screenshots. You've got it all there. It's brilliant, and you can have the RTFM um, open at all times and stuff. But you then can't fire up the packet capture and run the two of them side by side. So you can't be sat saying, right, you're right, you can't do RTFM, that. Or I'm seeing, I'm seeing some spikes here. Do a quick packet capture on that channel that I'm seeing the spikes. Oh no, you can't because that one's got to close. But is that is that a hardware limitation? Rather but than I, I don't under, but I, I, I don't know that. I, I mean, it would be cool. I agree with you. It would be cool if you could somehow say do a packet capture spec and. The, the, but the the pro, I mean, well, I'll tell you why they can't do it. The, the reason they can't do it is because the internal NICs will only do passive mode because they're used for surveying. Yeah. So you can't yeah. do a survey and packet capture at the same time. Haven't, haven't they got, it's not necessarily a survey. It's just all you're doing is you're viewing the RTFM and doing a packet capture at the same time. Well, You've got plus p cap there so you're changing the mode of the passive scanning to just capture well no because they're two different chips so in monitor so mode isn't so it? it technically you could do a spec and on the spec and chips and if you were able to well do a packet capture with the internal NICs because they're two separate i don't really know what the limitation is i mean it is using that uh, that 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 network connection that it creates and so i don't know if there's a limitation there or what um I'll be honest with you. I've never wanted to do a packet capture at the same time I was doing spec and, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know what the, what the, what the market is for that, but maybe there is a market. I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, and I don't know what the limitation is. I, I'm, I'm assuming there is some kind of hardware or software limitation that won't allow it, but I, I don't, I couldn't even tell you, begin to tell you. You need like end. an ultimate sidekick, which has got something like, I don't know. The 25, ultimate sidekick. 25 yeah. nicks, a spec analyzer, so that you can actually. <laughs> 25 nicks. That's what well, you want to do. 25 nicks to capture all the channels. When they come out with the iPad Max. The and iPad Max, that's it's gonna. It's and then you're gonna that. the new one, the, the new iPad. Sidekick 2.0 for six gig is just gonna be like, it's, it's just gonna be basically like a pallet truck. Backpack. It's going to be a pallet. <laughs> it's going to be the size of a pallet because it's going to have all of those radios for all these, all these. Yeah. It's going channels. to be like carrying a zero array on your back. <laughs> oh, like a, uh, like a Netgear Nighthawk. Or a Nighthawk. Alan, where's yours? I've got one of them. Go on, Alan. <laughs> I'll put well, it away, actually. Fairness, though, you, you just said, though, you know, we're actually being nice about it. We've never not been nice about them in terms of what their product. We've always said that their product is the best at what it does. By far. No, you guys are often not nice about them, especially oh, yeah. especially yeah. Alan Blocke. He he's very unnice. That's no, French you know for Bollock. We tell the truth. We tell <laughs> actually, how it is. I'm the other way. I'm the one who actually counter arguments these buggers and says, no, actually, it's well, we, actually we we, we, uh, have we, a constructive we discussion about a product. We play devil's advocate, so well, we, we always put ourselves yeah. in the positions of somebody who doesn't like a car. But you, we all use a tool. We all like the tool. It's a it's, it's say, a great. We all pay for it, so I mean, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. They have your money. Exactly. <laughs> Regardless yeah. of what you think. No, but uh, no, everything. I mean, of course, I mean, every application can be better, can be improved. And, and, and it's only, you know, it's the users who really understand what their workflow is and what they need. So, um, you know, you just, you just keep throwing um, it at them and just saying, Hey, is this an idea? And hopefully eventually stuff starts sticking and it gets in the pipeline. But. And, and the other thing that I'm always aware of whenever I'm looking at any of these products is like, we are we are very niche or niche 
if I'm oh doing my gosh, it in, in yeah, America. We are. Do, do you know what I mean? Like we, we're, we're so. so niche in terms of what we want. You know, looking at someone like Joel moving into the pro tools for MetaGeek, it's like we are not his biggest concern. Do you know what I mean? Like th- th- there are, we are in be. the 5% of people <laughs> that he needs to worry about, you know? So I, I just think, I, ju- I just think that like, we also have to be self-aware in that, that, you know, we are not, that we are the, we are the few, if that makes sense, you know, they are building a product for, for network engineers that aren't necessarily Wi-Fi specialists. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. For MetaGeek. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and Met- MetaGeek have seen that market by the ramp-up tools we've been bringing out and stuff like that totally. for a, a wider audience. Um, but I, I, think know, that's I, think, why, I think that's probably part of the reason why they brought Joel on is to try to try to start getting into that kind of more pro kind of market, um, you know, because they really do they really do pretty much own that you know the non-pro kind of cable companies technician yeah, field yeah. technician market. Um, and now kind of start maybe tweaking and specializing a little more to give the pros something that they would enjoy a little more. I think we, did, we did have Ryan on that one back and we told him exactly how his product should work and how he should, you know, take on all <laughs> these markets and stuff. It. And I've heard everybody. That's probably, that's probably Joel's first task is listen to the Wilds podcast and, and, <laughs> and get it all in. Uh, uh, the thing I'm looking most forward to and I'm hoping with Joel being there will be that they'll do some Mac stuff like that's, I, that's, I really do too, man. Uh, especially yeah. now that, I mean, I don't know how long it's going to last, especially now without being able to do virtualization in Windows for yeah. on the Mac. I'm like, oof. Um, totally. I mean, again, it's not a deal breaker for me. These aren't tools that I use every day. Um, even OmniPeak, which I paid a lot for, by the way. Um, you know, I use it, you know, when I need to get in there and use those things that yeah. OmniPeak does really well. Um the reality is I, I do 90% of, you know, what I need, 99% of what I need on the Mac. I don't really need. So, but man, that would be, man, if I could get OmniPeak on, on the Mac native, I could get yeah. IPA on the Mac native. Channelizer used to be on the Mac. I bought it. I used to, I, I, I owned, I own, uh, you know, I have several y, um, y spies um, and I've owned it on the Mac. Yeah, oh, where did Ryan go? I, I know. The, um, he, he, he has, he's a one bottom bad guy. It's a curfew for him. Yeah. You know, his, his wife gets the rolling pin out and starts threatening with it. <laughs> scares him. <laughs> so he has to kind of obey the boss and then just kind of leave without saying goodbye. <laughs> that was rude. <laughs> he, did, he did say bye in the chat, Eddie, but obviously I haven't been did, in yeah. the chat. I missed it. So... No, no, no virtualization support on the Macs is a kind of competitive. No, 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 no. It's not that there's no virtualization. It's virtualizing Intel-based OSs. So the the whatever hypervisor you need you're using on the Mac needs to be able to emulate an Intel chipset. Okay. And so before it really didn't need to do that because it was running on an Intel platform. So it didn't need to virtualize that. Now it's going to need to emulate that somehow uh, an, an Intel to have Windows run on an AMD or I'm sorry, an ARM based wow. processor. So um, that's why. So Parallels is coming out with a, a technical preview, hopefully in December 
people can we can start beta testing it to run Windows uh, virtualized. So virtualization works. It's just because it's so new, nobody's tried virtualizing non-native uh, OSs. Have you tried Windows RAM? Because Windows tends to runs on Raspberry Pis and stuff like that. I'm just wondering if that'd work. Well, you, you can you can probably run the ARM-based version of Windows. The problem is there's no apps. What what you you're gonna yeah. you're not gonna run IPA on on an ARM-based version of Windows. It's just not gonna run because it doesn't no, exist. You, you could just do it for the fun of it. Oh, for the fun of it, sure. <laughs> yeah. I could I could do that. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I can run Linux because they have I I can get the I have ARM-based uh, variants, so Linux is not a problem. So I can do multi-channel packet captures in in with Wireshark and Linux. So at least that works. Yeah, that's that's nice. One of the things that I think is like underappreciated, I think as well with the M1 Max is the ability to run the iPad and iPhone apps. It's limited right now, though. I, I, right now, there's only certain apps in the App Store that you can actually download and install. They and have how to they agree run, to it, don't they? But I think so. And then also the other thing is, I actually haven't tried any yet, I should, but um, is that they're optimized for touchscreens, whereas this is, you know, there's no touchscreen on the Mac, so it's op it's not optimized for that. So, um, you know, I could see that being some issues where some apps are like, they're expecting a touch interface, you know? Yeah. So I could see that, but I haven't run any yet. So I couldn't really give you a report on how that works. Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see how like Air Viewer will work, if it will work on an M1 What's Air Mac. Viewer? So it's for the Weiss by Air. It's the MetaGeek. Oh, gotcha, app. gotcha. Yeah. Let me see if I can um, see it. Uh, iPad app, no results when I go in the Mac, in the store when I search for it on the Mac. Apple tried okay. to do this. A while back, didn't they? They they allowed I want to say universal, but they allowed some apps on iPads to run on. Yeah, they Intel. used I forgot what they called it. It starts with a C, I think. I couldn't remember what they what, what crack. it was. But no. What was that? Crack. Crack. <laughs> but there there were some some ways to build uh apps that would run on the Mac and they Catalyst. weren't native iOS apps, so they were apps that were designed to run yeah. on both. Now it's native iOS apps actually run on the Mac because it uses the same chipset. Uh or architecture, I should say. Who's who's Apple's nearest rivals? They have an operating system, which is pretty great because I've been converted to Mac for now. What the only the Apple only rival that's years. really out there is is Microsoft because they're the only other company that but they're makes an operating system their own hardware. But they're an operating system. Yeah, I've bought software. Like, no, 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 no. They make the Surface. They make their own their right. own right. Yeah. So they're they're Xbox. the only one. I don't know of any other manufacturer that does that. No, so so we have the typical, um, well, the traditional viewpoint of a, I was going to say compact. <laughs> Christ, that's showing my age. <laughs> wow. Do you remember that's them? That's going back in time, yeah. I know. So um, we're talking about the, uh, I'm trying to, Le Lenovo, um, yeah. uh, HP probably still make their own. Um, so you can see all these, these different manufacturers making their own laptops, the hardware. And then you've got the Microsoft operating system that's kind of yeah. built over it because they can't run. Mac, can they? They can't, uh, sorry, uh, Mac OS or uh, whatever. They can't run Apple operating systems basically over uh, over their hardware products. So you have Microsoft who are kind of doing, I guess, moonlighting for these guys with their operating system saying, here you go. And then they have their own product, which is, well, we need to follow the Apple model. 
but we need Microsoft to be better at what they do with their Surface products because, to be fair, Apple, as good as they are, I'll be honest, I hate them, but I love them. It's one of these relationships I have with Apple because they're so fucking good, but I hate them for it. And, <laughs> it annoys and, you. And it does annoy me. It's like I refuse to have an iPhone. I've never owned an iPhone for about five years now. And I know. Every time days. I get that blue, that orange or green text message from you, it infuriates <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. we, we don't text him. Yeah, <laughs> but the but the, the 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 MacBooks are phenomenal. I have two, by the way. So I've got the the old 15 inch, and I've got the new 16 inch, and everything else. And I and I, and I think they're brilliant. Um, and I won't ever go back to a, a Windows laptop. But I, I I worry that we're going to need to have someone else step up to challenge Apple because I feel that Apple are going to dictate to a point where they're just so big, so it's, powerful. Oh, no, absolutely. I agree 100%. I mean, that's that's why that's why I think I think the M1, I hope that the M1 is going to be that that shot across the bow of the rest of the industry where, you know, specifically yeah. I'm looking at you Microsoft because they're the ones the only ones who actually have an OS and hardware out there to oh, like yeah. like take up the challenge to say, "Okay, how what do we need to do to optimize it? Do we need to go to ARM? Can we improve Intel? Can we buy a chip manufacturer and make our own chips? You know, somebody needs to do it. But the, the competition doesn't need to be the same solution. So Google's tack was, you know, the entire operating system is based around Chrome and everything is online. And as we progress into the faster wireless technologies like 11 Have you ever bought a Chromebook, whatever, Christian? I've have you no i haven't but well used, there you go then until you use one of them you can shut up right no, now that, that's, that's, that's not the point shit. right so the i'm not having this no 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 no, no. I, I have no. used a chromebook to print something once <laughs> <laughs> and that's only because uh yeah i won't even get into it but no but all i'm saying is apple have got the tight ecosystem between software and hardware and that means they can always deliver software that's tuned for hardware microsoft obviously a, a dominant at the moment in in actual desktop and laptop they're losing that dominance systems. to apple because because uh, yeah but they've been they've been losing that dominance for 20 years but they've never lost it have they? apple have turned, yeah, but apple have turned around and changing the game and saying look you have to have this a closer relationship between the hardware and the software that's what they're saying the operating system yeah and the hardware um, has to be so tightly knit whereas microsoft are now saying you're right here are our surface products Right, right. I, I, I can't, I can't. Talk Google, but Google need to, of... need, but Google need to follow suit if they want to come compete. Because the Android, I think, has got potential. That operating system, the Android's got potential. But Google produces their own phone. We're not Are talking about shit? phones. We're talking about we're talking about laptops. Android. I mean, I don't even call it a, a laptop anymore. A laptop's such a dated term. I call it a MacBook. Yeah. I mean, no, you've got a MacBook. The point is, like, the I don't call is... it a laptop. <laughs> Shut up, Alan. The point is, there's different ways to <laughs> respond in, isn't there? You know, Microsoft obviously make Shut their up, Alan. on hardware. <laughs> You're talking sense. And You're winning the argument. Shut up. <laughs> to be honest, Microsoft hardware is shit, but I, I can't say that as a public. Hey, for me, so. we can <laughs> just, the best bit of, the best bit of hardware, software, app store that Microsoft have is the Xbox. And it's, and what, it's been at box? the top of its. It's been at the top of its game for however it. long. Yeah, that's true. That is an example of a piece of hardware where they own everything, right? They hold yeah. the entire ecosystem, and and it's it, you know, it's it is where it is. It works well. All right. So what you're saying is Sony should get into making 
laptops and rival Apple because PlayStation is by far better than the Microsoft Xbox. <laughs> so yeah, but they'd have laptops. to come up with their own OS, and I don't know yeah. if anybody wants to see a Sony OS. No. Do you remember <laughs> Sonic <laughs> Stage? <laughs> oh. Sonic Stage Sonic was stage. the worst. You know what I would? You know what I? What they should have put in the M1, Alan? You know what they should have put in there? Cars. What? Five G. 5G. 5G. Oh, man, that, that would have killed Wi-Fi if they had put it in 5G. Yeah, let's shit. forget it about killed 5G. Wi-Fi. We'd be, we'd be all out uh, of the job, this would be This would be the 5G pubcast in a few months. <laughs> but, like, move, away, move away from 5G because it's just a waste of space. Um, have, you, have you seen Amazon's announcement today about Sidewalk? No. Yeah. Ooh. So Am- Amazon Sidewalk is basically using the um the should, they should have called devices. it pavement in the UK, not sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, probably. But yeah, the Echo but, devices and is it, is it Blink or um what's the other camera company they on? Ring. Ring. Yeah. So Echo and Ring um will now <laughs> well very soon create a mesh between them. So they can all talk to each other using um Oh using my Aurora. Are you kidding me that is, you know what that is? That that really? is basically that is basically creating uh, the the uh, AI that's going to kill us all. Yeah, yeah, it's nine hundred. Yeah. That's Skynet right well. there. This it, is how yeah. it begins. It's a big mesh everywhere. Apparently, <laughs> even in your own home, but you know how that's going to evolve. You'll be able to see my ring, Christian, <laughs> from your house. Oh come on, Adam. <laughs> no need. Oh really? Oh. No need. Okay. <laughs> I'll just keep doing it. Can you explain I, it, please? <laughs> it isn't isn't the whole point of that that if someone's if someone's internet connection at their home goes down, their ring cameras will still work, their security well, system will still work. It's it's kind of Amazon's answer to home Wi-Fi is crap, and they've gone yeah. okay. We'll just use a low frequency. We'll use a, a a data method, you know, a protocol that only allows small data frames going backwards and forwards oh is that what they're doing it's not, it's not wi-fi no it's so not wi-fi. It's wi-fi. Right. they're just extending the range of their community they're just going to communicate uh, they're just going to communicate with each other no no it's not that they're using more they're using um 100 megahertz BLE. oh okay to create they've confirmed it's bluetooth and laura that's what they but use. the interesting but, thing but it's is, not, it's, it's not just everything. It's not from just the your home, gen. though, is it? Ooh, no! It's you're talking. You're saying any rings in the neighborhood will mesh together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not. It's gonna. I'm it's gonna be a super that. ring. A massive like one. One massive I'm ring. Mesh. I'm not a fan <laughs> of that either. <laughs> that was my. That was that was my understanding. Is the whole point of this was that say my internet connection goes down for whatever reason, that effectively my security devices and even my alexa would still would would effectively have redundancy because it it could through to hopping, someone else's and, and not just not just to my next door neighbor but you know i could hop through my next door neighbor to you know five or six seven houses down or whatever um and it would it would effectively sidewalk yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah the 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 whole street effectively becomes a redundant, a self-redundant network based off of I'm these not, LoRa I'm going to opt out. I'm going to opt out. I don't want any neighbors. I don't buy Amazon products. Anyway, so. yeah, I, I get annoyed when people walk in front of the house. But is, isn't this the same what um, local ISPs do in the UK, such as BT with their um, 
I can't remember what it's called. Uh, yeah, BT Wi-Fi. Yeah, and Virgin are doing it as well, and so does Sky. So effectively, they're all broadcasting hotspots. Effectively, that I could, we've said this before, I could stand at your house if we're both customers of the same ISP. I can connect to your internet for free. But but it's a layer, it's a layer three room. (laughs) Yeah, but I guess the concept is still the same, though. It's it's a case of you've got, yeah, they're just finding another way to extend their all these Amazon products able to kind of provide some sort of redundancy link view via these, you know, via Laura and Bluetooth to sort of like remain online. It's like, you know, how good is this? It's like, to be honest with you, it, it's a way of Amazon kind of just connecting out to the neighborhoods and be able to kind of just extend their reach and control yeah. you and offer services and spy yeah, reach further into your range. It's what it is. It's like, imagine, well, well, Alexa, why, your yeah. Alexa is going to be able to hear the conversation of someone else's Alexa. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not a fan of the concept of using, of, using somebody else's uh, network without their permission, which is like what yeah. we, uh, Comcast does the same thing here. Like your, your router start broadcasting Xfinity. And whenever you see Xfinity, you can connect to that Xfinity Wi-Fi and get free Wi-Fi, but you're using somebody else's stuff. And of course we all have, you know, we all have uh, uh, ceilings on our, on what we're allowed to do. Right. We, so here, we, I think it's a terabyte. Well, that's, uh, that's a just, month, and if we hit come that, out 1.2 terabits per second, that's for Comcast, isn't it? That's what they've come out and said recently. That's the that's your limit, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's the that. Well, well, not 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 data rates. I'm talking about per month, how much download you can actually do. But I don't like that, so I, I turn that all off on mine. Make sure that it doesn't broadcast Same. any of that stuff. But uh, the Alexa sidewalk, well, I can't get to the internet via that lore, via that 500 megahertz stuff. That's just for the mesh. Then it's going to use your neighbor's Wi-Fi or network yeah. to get out to the internet. I don't know. I don't like that concept of sending somebody else's traffic through my network without me knowing. But do you do you think though that that is a clever way to build out? very quickly a oh, yeah. network that they could then sell for commercial reasons so you know for for instance all of their delivery vans you know if they're wanting to know you know all, all this different stuff as well so they have internet connection as their delivery vans are driving around and all this kind of stuff without having to pay for cellular yeah that's true you know they can now do all of that as well it's, it's so. a proof of concept i think I think yeah. that's what it is. It's a proof of concept. Here, here, let's roll this out and see how successful it is, and then we can kind of sell it as a product. Uh, I've I've got a good joke anyway. So I've got the white paper from Amazon open about uh, sidewalk, and we will put this in the show notes. I don't think we've ever said that. We'll probably forget and put it out in three weeks. <laughs> good luck. Good luck, with um, that, Chris. <laughs> but uh, there's a there's a really good joke about it uh, within it. Sorry, um, it says Amazon knows customers care deeply about privacy and security. Basically, it's hinting at the fact that Amazon apparently care about privacy and security, <laughs> which I think is brilliant. But I, I, I assume the joke. No, I misread it the first time. <laughs> I thought it said Amazon cares deeply about privacy and data security, but when I just read it, it said Amazon knows customers care deeply, <laughs> which is to be to be honest with you. In light of the mistake I've just made, really speaks volumes about Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact that they cannot admit that they care about privacy and security they go we, our customers do fuck off we don't, <laughs> <laughs> we don't, get, we don't what so. are you going to do about security we know our customers care about security but what are you going to do about it we understand that our customers care about it but you need to see this as an opportunity 
an opportunity to start developing products that can sniff LoRa and uh, Bluetooth packets and things like this, and frames, whatever they are. We, we need to get the old um, MetaGeek 900 back out. Someone's going to need to survey how Calling far the LoRa connection works in their neighborhood. Exactly. There's opportunities for well, us, the, boys and girls. Hey, come on. The, 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 the old Wi-Fi, though, it was just a better spec on, wasn't it? You can get them pretty cheap now. You can get RTL SDRs for next to nothing that do sub one gigahertz. Yeah. Yeah, but what do they tie into? You've got to have software to go with them, don't you? Yeah, you there's loads of software. In fact, it, it, coincidence, I downloaded something the other night and I was listening to Radio 1 via an RTL SDR looking at the spectrum and... Listening to the radio. You're such a geek, Chris. Literally, mm. you did that <laughs> just of an evening. Uh, I also saw the space station pass over, which were good. You could see that in Spectrum. Nice. Well, that's yeah. that's not geeky. That's just you. you no, that's lad. that's fucking cool, isn't it? <laughs> oh, love it. But right. yeah, that that renounced today. Exciting. Yeah, I I see. There, there's part of me that like, yeah, I don't want loads of stuff going through my network. But the other side of me is like. More connectivity, more redundancy, new technology. I really like that. So I, I kind of want to see where it goes. I, I want to see how that works. Have fun finding out, Dan. We'll look forward to your blog in so, a few weeks. <laughs> before Dan calls last orders, I want to talk about Eddie's um, YouTube videos, actually. Yeah. I've enjoyed watching those, dude. And I didn't realize they were a year old. And I'm thinking... I didn't watch them a year ago. <laughs> it was only recently <laughs> when uh, Francois tweeted out going, this guy, in, and I was like, oh, man, they were brilliant. Um, are you going to continue on with that? And I guess what was what was the inspiration behind it? Was it just something to do, boredom, or what? I mean, they're great. I just, um, I just, well, I, the last one I did was just yesterday or the day before on the, on the, on the M1. So I did a, a video on the M1. Talking no one's going to watch that. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I do. I actually have a whole list of, of stuff that I, that I want to do. Um, so working on one right now to kind of go over the new, the Wi-Fi Explorer three kind of tutorial on that walk, walk through that one. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to keep doing more, um, for sure. So how are you going to redo your intro then? Is it going to be Wi-Fi Explorer with Eddie? Um, Eddie, how am I gonna I mean, do my intro? Yeah, um, I'm exploring you know, Wi Fi. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be, yeah, it'll be like Wi Fi Explorer with the <laughs> not peak, not peak, not peak capping with Eddie. I mean, I like the intros, dude, they're the best bit. You know, you're, you're using your creativity. I mean, you're blessed, <laughs> son. Well, oh, those intros, yeah, I have to think more about those because the last video I didn't do a, a an in, one of those intros like I did before. Um, uh, but uh yeah i i do it's kind of hard to think of a different one every time though so tell me about it <laughs> so i got to i got to think about it but yeah i do i do want to do some more of those maybe even get a bit more actually i got totally uh uh inspired by by uh, uh maven consultancies uh videos <laughs> which is right which is which is dan dan uh dan did uh that video oh you mean the, the one uh, he ripped off wi-fi track he ripped and it was awesome i was like i was like oh my god this video is so good it's so and it was great <laughs> info too but it was also just a just great really great concept i like i like what you did jumping around going between your work and your car and taking your dogs and all of that was great i was, I was not I was my like, dogs 
Yeah, <laughs> there, is, there is dogs, and he is that. They week. are not my dogs. They, call, they, <laughs> they, they take him for a walk. Yeah, those giant, those giant monsters. The yeah, to be to be honest, Eddie, I think you'd be okay because um, unlike Maven Consultancy, whatever they call Dan, y- your personality comes out on camera, and, you, <laughs> <laughs> and you've actually got a personality which puts you, you know, light years ahead of um, Stan. Dan. Oh, cheers, mate. So uh, if, if you if you just want to rip it off, you'll probably get more views on YouTube just because of who you are. Thing is, though, Christian, right? How would Dan top it? I mean, he's probably peaked already, isn't he? I've I mean, peaked, uh, yeah. How could he kind of, you know, everyone's going to be itching for Dan. Dan, Dan, doing a virtual conference, we need you, dude, because you, you know, your last one was the bomb. Can you do something but different? Don't do the same thing. Do something different. I mean, what's he going to do? Who's hey he there? Be? Hi there. Oh there. It's <laughs> with Dan. It's Apple products with Dan, and I'm Dan. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's basically him. <laughs> oh, no, no I, I thought that video was fantastic, man. I thought it was really good. Cheers, Eddie. I like do, do you know what? I, I really enjoyed doing it. And and it was it like for me, it was more um like I felt like like fair play to CWMP for letting me do it, if that makes sense. Because yeah. it, it what was funny was during the during the conference i was so like oh everyone else's video is so serious <laughs> and i i have just messed yeah, that's around exactly <laughs> that's what was like i was like everybody should do a video i mean they don't have to be all like funny but they could be like interesting right that was just it was just i just thought it was really good it was very you have to change when we have to adapt because Man. you know you have to kind of captivate the audience it's all about the delivery as much as anything i think the content yeah. is a given we're all yeah. clever enough to um talk technical and explain stuff but it's very dull it's very boring unfortunately it is there's no getting around it so i think what dan <laughs> did is he epitomized and, and captured and and just delivered it in a different way that was inspiring yeah. that people were like i guess caught unaware thinking okay dan's going to talk but they hadn't the expectations oh, Apple the, expe- everyone the expectations Apple were Wi-Fi. the same as what they heard previously and when the, and when the delivery was completely different the concept was 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 refreshing i think yeah. that's what kind of made people like it more because it wasn't Ironically what they were expecting boring. yeah i mean you know it was difficult to kind of you know relate to what he was talking about but at the end of the day <laughs> i thought it was i thought it was fantastic mate you know that I, we told you that was great um yeah. and, and i and i think it's going to set the bar for others to kind of be inspired to do something similar that is yeah. not just by you know death by present uh, powerpoint i think they're going to elaborate a little bit more and be creative especially if we continue with this lockdown and virtual conferences who knows what 2021 yeah. brings but you wait to you wait to see what i've got planned for my my stage show <laughs> when we get when we get back to actual conferences anything got, like sticky vicky got... oh, what's it going <laughs> <laughs> to be like parrots and budgies and uh, <laughs> There's a, there's a whole props. production there's a whole production budget going into it. I've got lasers. I've got <laughs> wow anything to distract from the actual thing that I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. No, I like it. Right. I I, I want I definitely want to do more. It's just I just I hate what I hate is the editing process. So I'm like I just yeah. want to do it all in one go. Put an ending. Put it. Put a beginning. Putting an end, and I'm done. <laughs> 
right right uh like what you did was like that like required time and planning and like editing and stitching them all together and stuff and i'm like i don't want to do that (laughs) yeah so i definitely didn't edit that myself i we've got a guy that uh, one of the other directors of maven is a final cut trainer Oh, so yeah, I literally just gave just him all the handy stuff. Handy to know that, isn't it? You just gave him the yeah, raw exactly. footage. Just said, "Make me look good." Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and what he, I need. I need a make me look guy. Yeah, and he literally you always did look that good in. I think it was like three hours. <laughs> so he did you the look whole good, thing. Eddie. They have to make him look good. So this is just <laughs> he had to hire a Final Cut Pro expert as a director, just as a diversion to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm right with that. <laughs> oh dude uh, appreciate you coming on man fun. it's been great to yeah, see you thanks eddie and great to talk yeah, with thanks. you thanks it was yeah, great has. i've really been enjoying it I, I i tweeted out the first time i i, I didn't even realize you that I, i've heard wireless pubcast but i never found it anywhere i was like where, where is it I, I, so I was like, oh, okay I, th- I thought maybe it was just a joke or something that you know wireless <laughs> pubcast we, we, we at uh at like uh wlpc or something like that and then i saw you somebody somebody tweet out one of the like the third one or something and I was like, oh man, this is this is great. <laughs> this is really good. And then I've been listening to all of them. So I really enjoy them. <laughs> it's been it's been it's been great. Cool. And I'm glad we've got a second listener. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we could we could quote you and German now in, in future episodes as our listeners. <laughs> it's gone plural that's, that's Didn't German send in didn't German send in a mess a, a, a message for this uh, uh podcast? We didn't ask. We didn't know. Oh, okay. We didn't advertise because Alan organized something with you, but he didn't tell us what he organized until today. And he went, Oh, yeah, Eddie's coming on tonight, by the way. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> oh, no, I let you please. I give you fair warning. I thought that was like a regular part of the show. Like, Yerman, would you would just always play a question? Uh, I've, got, I've got loads of them in the question <laughs> match. <laughs> the thing is, it's just like we're not ready for Yerman's questions sometimes. <laughs> I don't yeah. think you are either. <laughs> <laughs>